This week on a lively experiment, a grand jury investigation into actions by Speaker Mattiello begins to play out. And presidential candidate Michael Bloomberg receives Governor Raimondo's support. A lively experiment is generously underwritten by... For more than 30 years, A Lively Experiment has provided insight and analysis of important political issues that face Rhode Islanders. I'm John Hazen-White, Jr., and I'm proud to support this great program and Rhode Island PBS. Joining us today, former State Representative Nick Gorham, communications consultant Donna Perry, and Pablo Rodriguez, associate professor at the Alpert Medical School. Welcome everybody, I'm Jim Hummel. It is great to have you with us. We learned this week that an investigation into the audit Speaker Mattiello ordered of the Rhode Island Convention Center kicked into another gear. A grand jury has issued subpoenas in the Speaker's office and at the Convention Center. Where all this leads is still an open question, but it's not good news for Mattiello who insists he did nothing wrong ordering the audit. Nick, as our resident lawyer and our former legislator, we get a twofer with you this week. Um, we'll talk about the political angle. Let's talk about the significance of this going to a grand jury this, this quickly. Well, I think the speaker gets a twofer as well because he's got political problems in February and he's got what look like possibly criminal problems with the grand jury. Um, there is a statute about uh, you know, prohibiting public officials from extortion. And um, in this case, I, it looks like he might have a problem. I mean, it's awfully early, but he admitted that he contacted um, some of the officials at the convention center, the leadership, when his friend Mr. Demers had a problem at the convention center. Uh, it's pretty clear he admitted that uh, he, he had a audit notice delivered, I think, to the convention center by his uh, executive director of the JCLS. There's just one problem. There was no vote. So it was purely the speaker who initiated this audit. He withdrew the audit. And now they're, they're bringing in people before a grand jury to talk about it. And uh, that's usually it, not, a you know, good, that's a good not a good sign. But the other thing is, you know, this, this puts blood in the water up at the state house in February. And there are always sharks swimming around up there. And he's got months and months to go when members of the General Assembly are going to meet every day and talk about this. Yeah. And uh, this, this is not a good, it's not good timing and it's a, it's a problem, I think. Yeah, I mean, his name is now connected to, this is his third grand jury that, that's in, that his name is connected to. And I think in this situation, you have two major law enforcement tracks going on when you have the state police and now you have the Attorney General Nerona uh, obviously involved. Uh, there is got to be some very serious things that they are concerned about to be doing it at this level. Um, and I think that, you know, there's a, a lot that is, should be very troubling to the Rhode Island taxpayer on the convention center side. And when you're talking about a speaker, he's in charge of the budget of the state, let's face it. Um, and I think he's got, as you say, Nick, I think he's got legal problems, he's got PR problems, and he may have governing problems pretty soon. Because I just find it hard to believe that in this climate, when there is a very strong building progressive caucus, you have the women's caucus, they don't like him. I think people, they look for an opening, and I think you could see in coming weeks he begins to look vulnerable. 
I think Don is right, and um, not only that. Remember, he eked through re-election, so right. it's not like you know there's a there's a mandate you know in his own district, point, yeah. and the mood of the electorate uh, these days is not uh, too forgiving uh, of of corruption and 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 those kinds of news. So uh, it's going to be hard for him to get reelected, much less to get reelected. But I also think it's changed. A, I think it's changed a little bit because when the state police poke around, okay, they have to do that. A lot of people were brushing it off. Look, the speaker's got still got his grip. All these people are behind him. But when you go to a grand jury, Nick, and I, we were talking off camera, we never used to really, when I was at the journal years ago, we never reported on grand juries because we didn't really think it was fair, you know, if nothing came out. Now everything's on the table, right? right. When you say grand jury, then it goes to the next level. And so I wonder, you've said in that chamber, the talk goes on, right? Right. I mean, among the members, and the members elect the speaker. They can elect a new speaker at any time. So you don't want trouble in February. You want trouble if you're going to have it in July or August, or, you know, when the General Assembly is not meeting. And you reminded me that's when John Harwood had his trouble, right? Uh, yes, in the summer of 2002. And, and that year, uh, it might be coincidence, but we, we adjourned very early in 2002. And I don't <laughs> and know. Wendy Collins, I, right? I don't know if it was a coincidence, but, if, but it was smart on someone's part. I just, I just want to point out, um, Nerona is a very different character than Kilmartin, who just cruised through the job, was the old boys club. Former state rep. Wanted to look the other way. Nerona, I think, is a highly, highly respected Credible guy. He does not put his neck out if he does not think it's where he belongs to be looking and, you know, really trying to see what this situation is. So I think that the fact that he, his office is involved and they're trying to be, you know, I, I respect them when they say to the press, we're not giving you anything here. Um, but this is, you know, I think there's a lot of balls in the air here and, and I think this could be, as you said, Pablo, I think that's really right. Uh, Mattiello has kind of had a stormy term, and he's had some difficult recent elections. So. But, but you also wonder for the session itself, all of this distraction. We've got a $200 million right. deficit. They're talking right. about gun control. There's marijuana. All these issues, all of a sudden, and what we're talking about every week, that gets shoved to the side. So what does that do for the people of Rhode Island? Yeah, it's a complete distraction. And uh, in reality, one of the things that, that we need to consider is the the position of speaker in this state is just so, so powerful. Uh, and there has right. to be a way for, for us to restructure that position so these kinds of things don't happen. Because this only happens when you perceive that you are so powerful yeah. that you're above uh, above the law, so to speak. Uh, and, um, you know, it, like things like a line item veto, you know, which I was against for a long time. Now I'm just saying, you know, maybe we need these kinds of checks Can to prevent that. Can I give a pat that. on the back? Yeah, yeah. 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 a little moment here, right? And, and, I just, and that's a great point because he mm. also has a situation. He hardly has a governor in his corner. You know, he, she is Hardly? not in his corner. Yeah. Yeah. She, in my view, she's never going to say this, she would not mind to see him dethrone because she's not getting her, uh, her pro, you know, she's not going to get her agenda through with him. So, you know, we'll see how these next few weeks play out. Okay, Donna, let's stay with you. Uh, IGT, Twin River, all of that money spent, all of the angst, everything that went through the fall, never mind. So I know the lawyers well, and the lobbyists made a lot yeah. of money. What do you? What do you? So the bottom line, if you did, if you weren't paying attention, is they've decided to merge forces. 
everything's kumbaya, but it still needs to go before the General Assembly on a contract, it, obviously. It does. Um, I also think it's curious and notable that they're going to have this new entity that will move into the Wexford building. Uh, Twin River has wanted, they have made a lot of noise of wanting a headquarters in Providence, but I think it should be noted, a lot of this is the courtesy of the Rhode Island taxpayer. Uh, this is a very lucrative parent company that owns the casino operation, and really, because that was that whole building is a at least a thirty-five million dollar tax subsidy, you know, thing, and which is what Rhode Island does because they're you know desperate to bring companies here. So they've got that, and then there's even uh, a lot of other things are padded in there. I think as far as there was. The state really subsidized the building of a garage, but, and then but you. Devil's advocate. It's so, a company that's making money and is going to pay to fill that building. Yeah, but, Why but, is that a problem? Well, the, but I do think that it's my uh, issue here is this is this argument that we're going to gain all this revenue from the 195 land. That's all part of that. So if you have tax subsidized situations constantly, that's I don't know how much the state is gaining from a lot of this. I just have philosophical, you know, problems with uh, continuing to increase the dependence on on gambling as a, as a leading source of revenue for the state. Uh, but I'm, I'm not a financial genius, but I, I lease cars every year, and uh, <laughs> leasing machines for a hundred thousand dollars a year when they cost only fifteen thousand dollars doesn't sound like a good deal for me. I just don't know. I, I, I'm I not agree. a financial genius, but you know, and 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 if. If that is one part of the contract, that entire contract needs to be reviewed, you know, with a fine-tooth comb. Were you around when they signed that first contract? The, the first contract, yes. Under Kachiri. I, I was around. I wasn't going to vote for it. And then um, I realized that I had worked hard to uh, help elect Governor Kachiri, and he really wanted the deal. And uh, it went through, the 20-year deal. And immediately after that, the uh, the people at GTech, it was, gonna, it was GTech at the time, uh, sold the company, and all the guys at the top got rich. And I said, never, never, never again. And this has all the markings of a similar uh, uh, journey ahead. But think about this. This is an enterprise that, that we pay to fund the taxpayers' uh, the, the budget. Right. It's a big, huge part of the budget, as, as, uh, as Pablo said. And now we're going to put them in a tax-subsidized building. Right. We're going to give them a 20-year, a 20-year, multi-million-dollar contract. We're we're going to lease machines from them. It's just it's awful. This is a I, who thought of letting them go into the Wexford Center, which the taxpayers paid that, for. And that's what I mean. I think it's a very it's beginning to be a very misleading circular argument to say that the gambling returns uh, it's the third highest return of revenue to the state. But then when you bleed <clears throat> out the money, like I say, that then now really the state is subsidizing what it looks like will be the corporate headquarters for both of them. You know, it's not like IGT said, oh, we have this big shiny building, and so we will spend $50 million and add a wing or whatever they wanted to do. Because it's all paid for. That's not what's going on. We, so so. We, we, you were on this panel, all of you, the last fall, when we talked about, you know, the dip in revenue. And, and fortunately, for whatever, philosophically or otherwise, uh, sports gambling, mobile gambling has helped make up that revenue. The fact the Pats weren't in the, in the yeah. Super Bowl this year, I think, helped tremendously. But you wonder the reliance that you talked about. How many ways can you spread it, and how many dollars ultimately are there? 
and, and, and we still have it, and it's a great economy, and we have a $200 million structural deficit. And we have increasing competition right. from Massachusetts, you know, right. from destination places like Boston, which makes it even harder. So it's, we're engaged in this arms race for gambling, uh, and if we lose the race, if we lose the war, we're going to be in serious, serious trouble because wow. you have a 20-year contract. The revenues are not going to be there. I'm not convinced the 20 years is going to go through because that, that study came back that Blake Philippi, minority leader. Ten years. Ten, I think they're they going to look ten at years. Ten, ten years. Christensen Capital Advisors, yes. who was hired by the General Assembly mm -hmm. to advise them, said 10 years and don't lease them. But, but here's the other thing. Um, they've got... Uh, They've got, we've got, we built the Wexford Center, we subsidized it with $33 million of taxpayer incentives right. to build it. It's supposed to be a technology and innovation right. center. What are they going to innovate at, at this new merger between... New machines. Twin, no, huh. how to empty people's pockets up and in Lincoln, the only place in the state you can <laughs> smoke a cigarette in a public building. I mean, this is just a stupid idea. That's what I'm, that's what what I'm saying. Point on this? I, just quickly, that's what I'm saying. You know, we have heard from this government and the governor, et cetera, biotech and Rhode Island has to get in the game. I'm sorry. You have a failing Providence school system. You have undereducated kids across this state. Go to another state. They can't even compete with them. You are not providing. They're not going to be educated. They're not going to benefit, by the way. Only IGT gets rich and only the Wall Street investors for this big sector is really going to make out here. I don't see how any of this is a step forward for the Rhode Island economy. All right. Presidential politics came to Rhode Island this week. Mike Bloomberg, who is dropping a pile of money but skipping the first couple of primaries, Picked up an endorsement this week right here in Rhode Island. Governor Raimondo said, I like Mike. I don't know if she said that, but that rhymes nicely. Um, what do you think about this, Pablo? He's kind of a long shot. And the governor has waited because she was the head of the Democratic Governors Association. I wonder about this. What do you think? Uh, I don't wonder because uh, after Iowa, you know, <laughs> the, the whole field is mm. completely up in disarray. Uh, and um, I am not surprised. I mean, uh, Governor Raimondo has been friends with uh, Bloomberg for a long, long time. He supported her Right. Uh, election, contributed to her campaign, and they have been um, simpatico, so to speak, with um, education and gun control issues. So it's not a surprise for me that she, that she is supporting him. What do you think? Oh, I think it's, um, on her part, I think it was a smart strategic move. I think this past week uh, really represents a big realignment in the race. Never mind, obviously, the Iowa debacle, you could go on and on about that. Um, but I think Bloomberg actually could have been seen as the winner of this week. Because when Biden you, stumbled not, so not much? Not because of Gina Raimondo, but No, I but think, because uh, Biden stumbled. Because Biden is stumbling because Bernie and Buttigieg, however much they're emerging, I, I think the establishment of the National Party does not believe... Bernie Sanders is not nationally electable. I've said that for years... He is not nationally yeah, electable at all. You win the battle, but all. you lose the war on the Bloomberg, general and, and I will, election. Bloomberg is doing a really smart thing here, and I think that's what he showed. He is playing outside the game. He didn't bother with Iowa. Boy, that ended up looking smart. Uh, he was spending hundreds of millions in California recently. He's looking for the delicate, rich states. They're coming up on the calendar fast. I think Bloomberg could become the centrist lane choice for a lot of the establishment of that party, because I think Biden is failing.
What about the, oh, go ahead. I don't think Biden's gonna make it, and I agree with Donna and uh, Pablo. I think uh, Bloomberg, Bloomberg is a good choice for the governor. Um, they are kindred spirits too. They love spending gobs of money to get reelected. <laughs> that's <laughs> um, true. She raises the passion. He doesn't have to raise it. Yeah, that's yeah. the only difference. <laughs> but um, I think it was a good move on um, on the uh, governor's part at, to build a bridge to D.C. for her potentially, which is I think what she really, really wants yeah. to do. Um, but. I, I don't think Bloomberg is going to win. I think, you know, I think Trump is going to be reelected. I think Biden is not going to make it. And I believe a few shows ago, I made that prediction on this show, and I'm going to stand by <laughs> oh, it. Oh, we'll have to re- we, you should have get, get us to re-rack out. the tape. Though The timing, I wonder, though, because the timing looks great with Iowa, but you've got to figure this was planned far ahead. Yes. Right, it's not like they looked and said, "Oh, Iowa's a debacle. Now let's have." So, I mean, she was on board probably weeks ago, right? So the timing yeah. it looks yeah. good on her part, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're right. She yeah. obviously things like this get laid out in advance. So I give her credit for you know it's kind of a risk ch- maybe thing to to plan out. But she is part of that uh, national Democratic governor uh, coalition. Right there, I think she is part of you know this group of Democratic leaders. They're looking to be the next chapter. For the party, um, uh, I, I would agree with you. I don't think, I will just say, I don't think any of them are going to beat Trump. Um, and I'm sure we'll get to that. But I do think Bloomberg had a big week for lots of lots of those reasons. Before we get to Trump, let, let's talk about the Democratic side. Can we, you know, say that this is probably the end of the Iowa caucuses as we know them? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Right? No, absolutely. it's not over yet. <laughs> oh, that's true. When they finish when it, they right. Finish. When, when they, they get finish. to 100%. Listen, I, I, I heard a joke. What's the difference between uh, cannibals and Democrats? Oh. Uh, cannibals don't eat friends and family. Uh, <laughs> you know, and this is what's happening right now in the Democratic Party. They are they are playing to Donald Trump's re-election, um, completely killing each other in, in, in the um, uh, in the races, uh, Pete Buttigieg, you know, he's a he's a bright guy. He's a you know a, a real rising star, but he has zero support in the African American community. How do you overcome yeah. the, one of the most important constituencies in the Democratic Party? Uh, so I, I just don't see how this you know, washes out. And I thought Bloomberg was crazy when he said he was going to spend all that money and, and skip four primaries. He's ending up being crazier than a fox. Yeah. <laughs> so you wonder also, so you look at that, yeah. we talked about the battle and the war. Who's going to win Ohio, Pennsylvania, well, North Carolina, Michigan, Wisconsin? Not Elizabeth Warren, Absolutely probably not. not Bernie Sanders, right? I think maybe a guy with like 50 billion might be able to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you wonder though also because he's, they look at him like, ah, he's the mayor of New York, and I'm sure they're already beginning to do the flip flopping on the stop, the stop and frisk, and all of that. Look, he's got a long record, just like Trump now is beginning to build his own record. But you're right; it's starting to get late, and it's getting late early, as Yogi Berra used they, to say. They just have miscalculated this from the get-go. Some of it could be the national media spent last summer uh, in love with Elizabeth Warren, who I've also said is, look, a Massachusetts liberal is not nationally elected, electable in this country. Um, Bernie Sanders has a lot of support from people who are 20 years old. And that is not the centrist part of the Democratic Party, by the way. So the establishment party, DNC, they have a lot of egg on their face this week with 
this disaster in Iowa. You think Tom Perez has got to go? And, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. James Carville called for said the other day on TV, and he said, why does he still have the job? You know what? That's the first in the nation contest. You can't just blame the state party. That That's not only um, a shame for all of the volunteers and the young people who get involved. I felt bad for them the other it's, night. I, but it's not just that. I mean, it's the change of the rules uh, for, for the debates, but, you know, where, where you basically are instead of trying to unify a party, all of a sudden okay. you're saying, oh, if you have money, you can come uh, into the and debate. And I'll just say quickly, that speaks real bad foreshadow for the National Party because Team Trump is technologically way ahead of them. They've got the best in the business in this guy. Brad Parscale is considered the top political digital media guy. This has been reported on all year. Trump's team has been way ahead of them on identifying voters, social media pages, etc. They can't run an app to put the <laughs> yeah. to put the votes together, I think that's a whole separate argument. That let me let me ask you, lifelong Republican, you mm -hmm. believe Trump's, and I think a lot of people think that that, that Trump's in a, a good position. Do you hold your nose and vote for him, or are you fully behind him? Uh, well, I, he's not perfect. Um, no, he's not. But <laughs> but you know, I really that's <laughs> it, a great question, and people uh, deserve an answer. I I think. There's a lot about Donald Trump that some people find reprehensible, and it's hard to disagree with them. But if you look at the job he's doing, I think people believe he's doing a good job. He's produced results, and he's delivered on every single promise he made. Or, and if he hasn't delivered, he's tried, which is a, another form of delivering. He's given it his best. So uh, as a lifelong Republican, on paper, he's one of the best Republicans we've ever had. Do you he's, have he's, concerns about that now he's been acquitted? We saw, I mean, I, I watched an hour. I, I tried to watch all of it. I watched an hour of the victory lap yesterday, and I thought, this guy, this guy's going off the rails. Um, I'm an independent. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. But I just, I look at the way the impeachment went through, and there was politics on both sides. That's what impeachment's about. But I also saw that, that victory rally, and it was, it was a room of sycophants, basically, at, at the White House he, yesterday. He speaks so often. Uh, you know, and usually Fox News carries his speeches. You really, you can't watch them all. There's yeah. not enough time. Uh, well, he, the, he, he has completely changed the character of this country. Um, you know, my grandmother used to say that the fish always rots from the top. And the, the discourse, the way we are handling ourselves in this country right now is directly related to the behavior of the president. And this week is a great example of it. You know, at the, the State of the Union address, that was no decorum by anyone uh, in, in, in the well of, of the house. Both sides. Both sides. Both sides. The prayer breakfast. Who goes to the prayer breakfast to question the religion of <laughs> other people that are praying for you? Mm. I mean, that is indecent. You know, and then go to the east wing of the, of the, of the White House and, and do... I, I watch the whole thing because, I mean, I like to watch train wrecks. And that was a train wreck. Uh, and to watch really serious Republicans just standing up and clapping, uh, you know, him reading the love texts between, you know, Strzok and, and, and her lover. I mean, this was happening on the East Wing of the White House. I'm sorry, but, you know, the, and yet, the country deserves better. And yet, all that matter better. if well, your 401k's no. up 30%, I, I, well, right? And it's not, right. it's not just that. I, I see it a little bit differently. I know Trump is a New York street brawler. Yes, he is. 
But, you know, when people say he's torn down our institutions, you know what? If they had not spent three and a half years, we know, Mueller probe, this probe, that investigation, you can't blame the guy for feeling they have tried to destroy his presidency. And, and that's how he feels. Because of what he's done. But that, well, you because of what that, he's done. I mean, this is not, <laughs> yeah, you know, Mitt Romney said they, it well. And 10 years from now, we are going to be reading Mitt Romney's speech in the textbooks because he was the only one that was able to speak truth to power and say the reality of what happened but, here. Well, I, you know, and, and my favorite meme of the week has been, you know, how many re Republican senators takes to change a light bulb None, because if Trump says that the light bulb is good, they stand up and clap. Yeah, but you know what? You know what Trump has mastered? <laughs> that, by the way, the Democrats invented this. Trump is almost like the old party bosses of the old days, which, again, the National Democratic Party, that's how they used to function. He's really sort of assumed that kind of a role, and that's, I think, what you see and what you saw the other day. He, he's the president. He's also like the old-time party boss. He was wrong then, and well, it is wrong now. What about Mitt Romney? I think he made a mistake. I don't, you know, I, don't, I, I was surprised that he based his entire decision, I mean, from what we saw on TV when he explained it, it was a, based on religion and his religion. Leading and I newspaper just, in Utah back home praised him, which surprised me. Well, it's a it's a Mormon state, and he he, he made an oath to God, principles. and he believes in God. I, I but, won't, yeah, but, I won't, I but, won't take a shot at Romney. I I have great respect for him. I think in that way. Um, I'll give you maybe one one percent of a, agreement that he Trump has changed where you would never have seen uh, Romney was the nominee for the Republican Party not too many cycles ago. So I I'm not I do not get behind people who want to rip him down uh, on social media. I think that's wrong. He's a very dignified guy. All right, to be continued. We only have a couple of minutes left, so make it quick. Outrage or kudo? Oh, kudo of the week is uh, David Cox and the Rhodey Rams. Yeah. Uh, being a URI <laughs> graduate. Uh, it's and nice. you have some invested there now, a little tuition, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a great place. It really has improved a great deal. And uh, the basketball team has uh, improved tremendously this Nine year. Nine-game so. winning streak. Let's yes. keep it going. Yes. Pablo, what do you have? I'm too outraged to have an outrage, so I'm going to have a kudos. <laughs> All right. Um, and that would be John Marion and Common Cause advocating for a redistricting commission uh, appointed as opposed to the free-for-all that we have every 10 years uh, where legislators get to choose their own voters. But will that happen? Uh, well, I can only <laughs> say kudos. I hope that it will, and I will work uh, that uh, for it. Don, a little bit of breathing room. You have about a minute and a half, so you can let it breathe. We you leave might, the vet. You, you might not want to time it that way. I just, honestly, um, I just want to put a punctuation mark on what we were, uh, you know, getting a little uh, steamed about a minute ago. I think the country is a little exhausted at the word investigations. I realize what happened the other day and how people feel about it, Pablo, but I, I mean, I do think some of the Democratic senators, Schiff, etc., in five hours later, we're saying there's still we want his tax returns, and they're talking about, yeah. you know what, everybody, let's just take a breather. I think the country is exhausted. Or how by about this. focus on the election? Well, the, our biggest institution, thank you, is called the vote, and we have. You know what Obama said eight years ago? He said to when he was mad at the Republicans, he said, you know what, why don't you go out and win an election, and then you can change what you want. So that's what uh, I think Trump's message is to the, to the Dems. Go out and win the national election, see what happens. Right. I, I think Americans would prefer 
someone like Donald Trump who gets results to a silver-tongued, eloquent uh, president who doesn't get anything done. And maybe that's, you, you know, I, I, I guess don't know health what I guess health reform and Obamacare is nothing done. <laughs> well, and and more, right, well, more jobs in the last three years. Boys, <laughs> and the first three boys years. take it out of the parking lot. That's all the time we have. <laughs> Folks, thank you for joining us this week. Donna and Pablo and Nick, thank you so much. And join us back here next week. You never know what's going to happen between now and next Friday, but we'll have it covered as the Lively Experiment continues. Have a great weekend, everybody. Experiment is generously underwritten by. For more than 30 years, a lively experiment has provided insight and analysis of important political issues that face Rhode Islanders. I'm John Hazen White Jr., and I'm proud to support this great program and Rhode Island PBS.